Hello and welcome to this special Q&A question and answer episode of History from the Big Chair. I have, of course, host or co-host number one, Brendan, and joining me is... Chloe. Yes, host Good and co-host Chloe. number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they know. They know. Yeah. They know. Um. Why? Why do I keep having you do the intros? I don't think I've done one in a little bit. Uh, I mean, I don't remember. I don't even keep track of it anymore. All right. So we're gonna kind of dive right into this. So I'll be reading off the questions because I took note of them. I didn't take note of them. Well, I did. So are <laughs> I you didn't ready? read them. So this is. Brand new for me. Yeah. Are you ready? I am, yes. All right. Throw out there. So the first question we have was, will we talk about the meanings of the songs on The Hurting? The answer to that is yes, we already did. But the really episode did. has not come out yet. No. <laughs> By the time this comes out, the episode will be out. Yeah. So, yes. There we, we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, I guess to I guess kind of generalize it again, you know, it's just childhood trauma trauma and resentment to their parents i guess yeah yeah primal theory there's a few songs we couldn't figure out i guess true like change change why who knows but yeah we tried yes and our second question today is what was with the beef between roland and andrew ridgely so that was completely one-sided we do not know (laughs) well no it so it was one-sided basically like it was just andrew being salty for literally no reason and kurt actually went out to say that he thinks it was an ego issue on behalf of andrew absolutely just who got tired of playing second fiddle to george michael <laughs> yeah you had to go after a uh, more talented and more well respected in the you know scope of history band yeah because you know people don't think oh i mean i'm not doing a dig here but people don't think oh wham what a highbrow you know what a highbrow pop band you know yeah so again to answer kind of recap it was just it was one-sided it was told it was all andrew roland had pretty much nothing to do with it in the artist's poll in Smash Hits for the end of the year, he called Roland the worst female vocalist. Like, what the he, heck? He, I would have to find it, but he was like, worst male artist, worst female artist, worst hair, worst dress. And it wasn't even Tearsha Fears, it was Roland. It was Roland specifically. <laughs> but then he also went on to bash Tearsha Fears, probably because of Roland saying, worst video was Head Over Heels, worst. I don't, all I know, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember one of the things was. Worst thing to happen in 1985, and Andrew Ridgely said, Kurt Smith dragging Roland Orzabal around the world for fame. <sighs> like, you dunce. I don't get it. Stupid. Moving on. Our next I, question. I just have one more thing to say about that, actually. Uh, Did you ahead. ever see the, the article about it? Apparently, Roland was turned yeah. away from a nightclub using Andrew Ridgely's <laughs> name. Yep. That's so Roland of him. Oh, I agree. It's just so funny, though. So it's unbelievably justified. funny. But, I mean, you look at real quick, Andrew Ridgely, he had a memoir out. He had to put George Mike on the cover so people knew who he was. Like, exactly. Exactly. Come on. Okay, come on. 
he doesn't even have like much of a name for himself. So no. it, okay. it was an ego issue. Absolutely. Moving on. The next question is, where are Manny, Elias, and Ian Stanley? We don't see them much. Well, they are no longer in association with the band. Manny is running his own chili stand, his own chili business, which is good for him, by the way. I, Bongo's, Bongo's I Rock and Roll. Him. Yeah, shout out to Bongo's Rock and Roll. Manny's looking pretty healthy, too. He looks yeah, good. I like the gray healthy. look. Yeah. Uh, and as for Ian, I personally don't know. As far as I know, he's kind of MIA. But he did show up in the Classic Albums documentary that came out in 2020. Yes, and he's given an interview or two on 80sography. Right, okay. right, yeah. Some interesting revelations on there, which I will not get into now. But I need to listen to all those Tears for Fears episodes. You I know what? Don't... I'm gonna do that. And I just find it strange. I will say one thing. You know, don't bash Woman in Chains. Like it's the best thing they ever did. Like, I don't, oh yeah, for I don't, sure. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get that. So now we get on to the questions that are kind of more like our thoughts and our preferences. Um, so first up is favorite Tears for Fears album. I'll let you go first because I have to think. Okay. Um, so for me, favorite. Ah, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm going to say Songs for the Big Chair. I've kind of ruled that out as my, I've kind of declared it to be my favorite album of all time. However, I will say that The Seeds of Love is an exceptional it's an exceptional album is i personally think it's their best and something really important for people to remember and recognize is that when it comes to your opinions best differentiates from favorites so my favorite is songs from the big chair but do i think that's the height of their work no, I think the seeds of love could be their best because it just has so much to offer. That's very fair, very true. How about um, you? Currently speaking, my favorite is the seeds of love, and it is currently my favorite record of all time. Really? My the ones below it are um, George Harrison, "All Things Must Pass." Yeah. Uh, the Smiths, "The Queen Is Dead." Um, wow. Paul McCartney, London Town, Depeche Mode, Black Celebration, Supergrass in it for the money, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it. We'll do an episode down the road just talking about other music. Yeah. We'll get into that. But yeah, Seeds of Love, kind of always just in a back and forth with Happy Ending for my favorite. I know Happy Ending's probably the fan least favorite for some odd reason. Couldn't tell you. Could not tell because it was kind of MIA thrown for off. Like so yeah, many- like streaming platforms... They, you know, they kind of excommunicated it. And I know it was actually more so for copyright reasons, but because it wasn't as accessible, um, I think it's more of a familiarity thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because remember when Roll the World came out in 2017, I was in the Tears of Fears community maybe 2018, 2019, way back when, four or five years ago. Terrifying that 2019 is four years ago. Wow. I remember... People really didn't know what closest thing to heaven was. Some thought it was a standalone single. Some thought it was an unreleased song. I'm like, there's a video on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, it's just so strange to me. But I do get it. Yeah, but I would have to say the Seeds of Love. It's probably the Sonics on it are fantastic. I'm a sucker for reverb personally. And there's reverb all over that thing. You know, there's some yeah. very spacey type sounding songs. Swords and Knives, Standing on the Corner of the Third World. They're very atmospheric. 
can just close your eyes and just it takes you somewhere. Advice from your heart was has hit single written all over it, yet it oh, flopped at sure. like 91 in the States. Like, what happened there? Wow. Famous last words is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Woman Chains is gorgeous. Stuff, stuff like Badman's song and, you know, Year of the Knife is just unbelievably ambitious for a band that was making synth pop four years prior. Yeah. It's an album like The Seeds of Love for me personally that sets Tears of Fears apart from artists like New Order, Duran Duran, Depeche Mode. Because in my opinion, as great as those bands are, they stuck to their own thing and kind of were almost a little not afraid, but they couldn't branch out. Yeah, While I totally Tears of Fears basically were leaning on borderline prog. No, I definitely point. agree. And maybe weren't doing prog with something like Year of the Knife or Badman song. Like, yeah, there's just such complexity to that music. And then they go back after and probably do what is the most simple album of their career with Elemental right after. <laughs> so, yeah, she yeah. loves my absolute favorite, without yeah. a doubt. It's so good. I have four vinyl copies. <laughs> five, actually, five. Wait, I want to see if I can name them. So I know you had like that speciality pressing. I have the MoFi pressing from 2014 or 2012. I know that you have an original pressing. <laughs> Two original pressings. Two original. Okay, so there's three. Uh, I know you have a um, one of the remasters that came out. Uh, the one you have from 2020. Yes, and then you don't have a picture disc. So... I do have the picture disc. It's on my oh, wall. Oh, you do? I just oh. don't. It just sits on my basement wall, so I technically do have it. It's oh, in between okay. the tipping point and songs in the picture. Oh, but well, there you go. I named all. I five. wish there was a hurting picture disc, but what are you gonna do? They no. they absolutely should come out with one. Come on, I mean you can't have big chair tipping point and seize love. Where's the hurting? You know. You know that seize love album cover too gorgeous. We'll get to that. Trust me. Yeah. Hey, we'll get there. Actually, not too long from now. Um. What is what? Who is your favorite Tears for Fears member? Um, I can go first if you want. I love both of them, right? I yeah. think they're both extremely likable, talented, creative people, and I do think they have their own strengths. Yeah, for um, sure. To me personally, Kurt knows how to write a damn good pop song. He's mm-hmm. a great singer. I'm gonna pick Roland. Yeah. Because, well, like I said, Kurt writes great pop songs. Break the Man's one of my favorite Tears for Fears songs ever. Yeah. Somehow. Who You Are is a fantastic song. Stays good. You know, Kurt's a really talented guy. And I think he's actually coming to his own in, more in this era of Tears for Fears, a happy ending and everything like that than he ever has before. So mm-hmm. props to him. Great bassist, by the way. Super underrated bassist, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Like, head over heels. Like, come oh, on. That's insane. Sure. Pale Shelter, Instrumental Break, fantastic. Change. Even the bass lines on this album are fantastic. Like Rivers of Mercy has a great bass line on it. Yeah. Break the Man. So I'm going to say Roland because there's a lot that's said about Roland. You know, I don't need to get into the stuff with him. Like he was Tears for Fears for like a solid five or six years just on his own. Yeah, exactly. So there's not much to say about him. I'll let you handle it. But yeah, I'm going to go Roland. <laughs> but much love to Kurt. Yeah, no, I definitely, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Like, I love them both. They're both awesome. Kurt's more accessible, too. So mm-hmm. we hear a lot more from him. Um, they're both super talented. 
I don't know. It's it's actually super close for me. It's a close. It's almost a tie. But I think, no offense to Kurt, because his contributions to the band were amazing. Um, I think I'd have to go with Roland. Kind yeah. of, maybe because he st- stuck around. Um, I feel like if he didn't, you know, Tears for Fears could have ended you know absolutely so I, I definitely give him props for that mm-hmm. and sometimes i do think kurt almost works as a foil role and you have this one guy who's almost like brooding and mysterious and all that yeah. with his white hair <laughs> and, and all his like nice jackets that he wears these black jackets are good he's got roll has got drip you know and then you got this very nice guy that lives in uh, los angeles always wears these nice polos nice haircut you know good smile so yeah. it's almost like they perfectly contrast each other. That's how exactly. I see it. Exactly. Yeah. The sun and just, the moon. Yeah, they're so similar yet so different. Yeah. That's how I see it. All right. Uh, moving on to our next question. It's what is our favorite Tears for Fears era? So mine, not to be what one may call a normie, but it's the Songs to the Big Chair era. It, it's their most iconic. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a it's such a meaty era when you get into stuff like so much content. The content. Like there's so much that goes with it. Um however, I also really like the tipping point era. Oh my god. Nice. Um but so mm, I'm kind of torn between the two, but I think I would say that the big chair era is my favorite. However, the tipping point era is probably the most important to me because it's the first one I got to actively live through. Right. Like right. in real time. So yeah, how about you? 100% the tipping point. Um, really? This is, okay. To, this is to me the happiest and healthiest they've ever been. Oh, I agree. This is the most I've seen them get along since the 80s. Or I guess since Happy Ending. I guess they were getting along then. Um, But they're just on top of the world right now, in my opinion. They are peaking, dare I say. Yeah. They for are sure. just like I when I like I said, I saw them live back in June. It was a magical experience. I don't think they've ever sounded better, looked better. Like I said, you're just in top form right now. I mean the album was good. The live show was even better in my opinion. They know how to put on a good show. And you know the pictures have been great. The aesthetics have been great. They're just really doing a great job right now. And if I guess I had to pick another one, I'd say Big Chair, but specifically 1986. Yeah. They looked good then. Roland Hat was growing that mullet out even more. Looked really good. Yeah. Um, I can't say as he's a love because they just look miserable in every picture. Well, they kind of except, were. Except for that one where Roland's like got that real big smile and screaming face going on and Kurt just sitting in the chair with a nice little grin. That's oh, the only uh-huh. picture I think I've ever seen them look like happy in that era. In that, yeah, in that era, you know, it's like because the music's so good, the music's so beautiful, the music's just so like up tempo and just great, and then they just don't look happy. So it's like, what are you gonna do? Yeah, um, but I'd have to pick the tipping point one hundred percent locked in the tipping point. Yeah, without it. Um, I yeah, you have valid points. Um, the next question is. What is the best Tears for Fears song, in our opinions? So, first and foremost, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This is just a personal opinion. 
I'm not saying it, we're not saying it's the right answer, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but this is just what we think would be the best. So for me, um, I might go ahead and say Woman in Chains. Yep. I think I, I, it is almost definitely something off of the seeds of love. And I would even, maybe even famous last words, but because of Olita, she really brings it up there. I'm going to say that it's Woman in Chains, just vocally, instrumentally, lyrically, melodically, if that's a word. Um, yeah, melodically is a word. Okay. <laughs> it's just perfect all around. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful song, and it's an important and powerful song. Um, Rivers of Mercy is a top contender. I think that might come number two for me, just because it's very similar to Woman in Chains. Samples it, doesn't it? It like, does. Just... Near the end, it samples it instrumentally very lightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? I, I talked to you about this the other night. I have five picks, and I'm going to pick one of them. Okay. I'll go through my five picks real quick. I have The Working Hour. Mm, I, how did I forget about that one? The Working Hour, which is the best song from The Big Chair, in my opinion. I love saying it. Song um, from The Big Chair. Yeah. I love that. Woman in Chains, without a doubt, which is my pick, by the way. Just to let you guys know. Woman in Chains. Sowing the Seeds of Love. Yeah. Which is a cosmic masterpiece. Year of the Knife. That one's kind of slept on. That is their most underrated song, in my opinion. No well, hey, one ever we'll wants it. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then last, I'm just going to also just throw out a, a deep cut that they do play live. So not a deep cut. Secret World. Yeah. Full yeah. album version with your orchestral act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, are you ready to move on or did you have more to say? But yeah, Woman Chains is beautiful. As you know, one of the only songs that makes me cry. Maybe yeah. the only song that makes me cry. Yeah. Uh, it's gorgeous. Um, nothing better than throwing on a really good set of headphones and just blasting that song and just taking in every single element of it, you know, the layering, production, all that. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, the best part of the song is this So Free Her part, which I know got criticism for some reason. Like reviews I've read of the album over time and of that song, especially people who think. Roland did. People have said that Roland didn't know how to end the song, so he just slapped that part at the end, and it doesn't fit or doesn't no, work. I think that's no, the best. No. And you got Phil Collins playing the drums on that Literally. breakdown part. You got, in my opinion, top ten greatest drummer ever, Phil Collins. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think it's very funny. Um, Roland brought him in. He was like, "Can you do the in the air tonight thing?" And Phil Collins was like, "I'm gonna no." <laughs> he was like no I'm not doing the internet thing and everyone's like can you at least try and he's like no but at the same time I've heard that's a myth that there was like an argument there but I don't know mysteries don't from know. the big chair mysteries from the big chair did Roland and Phil Collins get into a tussle you, you know? should add that to the list you should add that to the list but yeah uh, Phil Collins really helps make that song that drum break's fantastic oh for sure and um I think it's very funny. There was a performance. They were done with Top the Pops by that time because Top the Pops became a load of garbage by the time you get to the late 80s with all the, uh, the pop music that was going on there with like bros and all that stuff. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. So they were just doing stuff internationally. They were on Countdown in Europe. I forget what country. Netherlands maybe. I don't know. And um, they did Woman Chains on there. I thought it was very interesting because they maybe didn't have their band put together yet for the live show. 
So it was Roland Alita Kurt. Dave Bascom was on the keys and Chris Hughes was on the drums. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of strange. They kind of just took whoever they had in the studio and just threw him out there. Yeah. But yeah, Woman Chain's fantastic. Five, five out of five, 10 out of 10, million out of a million, whatever the heck you want to say. Top tier. Top tier. Best song I've ever heard, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, next up is what is our favorite Tears for Fears music video? So for me, without a doubt, without I already know. Doubt, <laughs> it is Head Over Heels. Yep. Favorite music video of all time. It is the moment I saw it, I like fell in love with it. I love how kind of like wacky it is, you know. I don't know. It's just it's super iconic to me. Um I I love everything about it. I love that Ron's been a yeah. little dork. <laughs> Do you know what it's like to me? What? It's like a four minute John Hughes film. <laughs> That's what it's like to me. You're kind of right. That's just uh, it's just the style then, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I also love that there was just a chimp. <laughs> I like it's super random, but I love it. Um you know, I love the the Ghostbusters uh reference callback yeah, yeah. It's, it was, that's really funny um actually i interesting fact personal confirmation um back in 2021 i did a digital drawing for nikki holland's birthday of her with zippy the chimp uh, on the head over heels set and she commented on it and uh, i don't remember it verbatim but she said that she was afraid of the chimp <laughs> <laughs> literally she said she was, and i wouldn't blame her i would be terrified too i've heard horror stories people that had pet yeah no Ooh. i don't i don't want to get into it but i i hope Zippy's michael probably, jackson have a chimp probably but zippy <laughs> zippy is probably dead by now unfortunately zippy is probably, probably away. gone did you ever hear the story about when Tears for played Radio City in New York that Zippy came out on a tricycle during you the encore? You mentioned this, and I don't know if you mentioned this on a podcast episode or not. I'm, I could have. You might Kurt have. Kurt said it in an NME interview uh, during the tipping point. It was like a, just an article and whatnot. Kurt mentioned it, and it floored me. I, w- I hope this was documented. I hope so. It well, probably forget, wasn't. You weren't allowed to bring cameras to concerts back then unless you had a photographer pass and all that. True, so. true, true. But yeah. But, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> head over heels. There's just so much going on. And I, Manny is dressed up as a rabbi. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but I'll Kurt's a nerd. Um, how about you? What is your favorite? Uh, you're going to call me so weird. Is there a difference between favorite and best? Yes. This is specifically asking your favorite. Favorite? Yes. Might be the second Mother's Talk that Nigel Dick did. The kite? The kite one. That might okay. be my favorite. But if I'm picking an absolute favorite, it is Break It Down Again. Really? Either Break It Down Again or Raul and the Kings of Spain. Really? Well, or okay. Close, or closest thing to have. Well, I'm going to say my favorite Tears Your Fears video is Break It Down Again. Wow. Okay. There is a lot. It's very not, I want to say low budget. But it was low budget. It was kind of like a DIY do-it-yourself thing. Because yeah. from obviously the story goes, record company wanted a CGI video done. Really? Which, considering this is 1993, 30s ago, would have aged horribly. Yeah. I watched Break It Down Again, right? And the director, Danny Jacobs, actually has an original 
HD scan posted on his Vimeo account, like from the original print, looks crystal clear, beautiful. I'll wow. have to send it to you. Yeah. It looks like it could have been filmed yesterday just because of how simple it is. Wow. And that's why I also like the uh, 84 Mother's Talk. I don't like things that look dated. Mm. Like something, for example, say, I don't know, Pale Shelter. Great video, little dated. You know? Yeah. Has like some, like, no one has a Culture Club poster in the room in 2023. No <laughs> offense to Culture Club. I don't like Culture Club, but no offense to Culture <laughs> you know? But I gotta go break it down again. It's cool seeing, you know, Alan, that's the first music video he was in. Gail and Dorsey's in the video. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the shots of Roland in the desert are great. I think the shots of him dancing by the train, you know, hanging off the fence. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's a great video, and it's the one I probably remember seeing the most as a kid because it was, it was the first video on the classic Universal Masters Collection DVD. That was the first video on there. It's the one I remember the most. Oh, that's cute. And I feel like I – pardon me wanted to say everybody wants to it, but I watched that video the other day, and it is not that good. Mm. I don't think so, at least. We've got a videos episode coming up soon. Yes, we do. And I'll save all my feelings on that video for that, but it's not a lot of positivity. I hope you know that. Well, have a good heart. Although I will, Head Over Heels is probably my number two or three, by the way. I just love that. As it should. And honorable mention to the U.S. mix of Mother's Talk. Mm, it's yeah. political and creative in all the right ways. And Roland's hair is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I loved the hair. It's good. It's a good look. But... Sony Seeds of Love is good, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably their most successful video. Got two MTV VMAs. True, but hey, we'll get there. <laughs> so, yes, final answer. Break it down again. Awesome. The next question is, out of all of the albums that Roland did without Kurt, meaning Elemental, Raul, including Tomcats, which one is your favorite? I know your answer. <laughs> Can I go first? Can I go first? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you, no, you sound so excited. I'll let you go first. Tomcat screaming outside. Easy. 100%. It is possibly the best thing he ever did aside from the Seeds of Love. It is better than Songs of the Big Chair, in my opinion. I don't think I've ever heard you sound so excited. I think this is such a weird statement. I think a song like For the Love of Kane is better than Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I think a song like Low Life is better than Mad World. I think he's just in top form on that album, and it is just so good. Tomcats is underrated. If Tomcats is a Tears for Fears album, it's in everyone's top three, and I mean it. I 100% mean it. Yeah. It might be a crazy statement, but... (laughs) (laughs) The, um, the, the musicianship on it too is so good. You got David Sutton who played bass on the Raul tour. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alan Griffiths basically, basically doing more than rolling possibly on the album with like the keys and the programming. Yeah. Uh, Nick D Virgilio's on it. Great drummer. It's just such a good album. It is. Rolling so, popped off. Yeah. So for <laughs> me, even though I am nowhere near as familiar with Tomcats as I am with. Elemental and Raul. I need to listen to Tomcats more, but I, I that I might say that one as well. The only thing about that album is that it kind of does drag on a little bit near the end. Second half has a few slower songs like Yeah. Kill Love, Hey Andy, Day by Day by Day by Day by Day. Yeah, but I but like For the Love of Kane. For the Love of Kane is my favorite composition he ever did. 
It's such a good song. Literally, if that's, so a, if that's a Tears Your Fury song, in my opinion, it's on every single greatest hits. For sure. And it's such a shame because Low Life was the first single. Great song. Great video. The song didn't do well. So Eagle Records said, yeah, we're done promoting you. Do it yourself. Wow. So For Love of Kane didn't get a video. It had a CD single that was only sold on Roland's website for like a limited time. And that's it. Aww. And it's so hard to get, and I want it. It's like there's one on Discord for like eighty bucks, and I'm not paying that mm. from one of my favorite songs ever. I'm not doing that. Maybe eventually you have birthday money. <sighs> not a one it. thing though. Think about it. All right. Um, if I'm a worried man, shout about. It. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. It's always me coming up with the puns. I'm glad you're hopping on the train too. <laughs> Um, so what are our thoughts on the Ashes to Ashes cover? Do we prefer the original or the Tears for Fears cover? And then same for My Girls. So I love the Ashes to Ashes cover. I think it sounds super good. And if I'm being honest, I've never heard the original. So I don't have a preference there. I should listen to it, though. Um, but I love the cover. It's super good. Um, I feel like it's a little out of place being on Saturnine, but... It you know whatever it's not a big deal and then as for my girls I like my girls a lot um, in terms of the Ready Boy and Girl EP or Boy and Girls EP um, I, I uh, Ready to Start and My Girls are pretty tied for me but I think Ready to Start actually might be my favorite on that EP but the My Girls cover is super good and I also have not heard the original for that so I've got some homework to do. <laughs> All right, so is it my turn? Yes. <laughs> okay, so um, Bowie's Ash, the Ashes is on Scary Monsters, which is not my favorite Bowie album. I know Roland really loves that album. It might be his favorite. Same with Kurt. Um, I do own it on vinyl somewhere in my Bowie collection. Uh, I got it because I really like the song uh, Teenage Wildlife is on there, and the title track is fantastic. But as for Ashes, the Ashes, it has absolutely never been a favorite of mine, the Bowie version. And I grew up knowing Roland's version. Always knew it was a Bowie cover. Always knew that. Yeah. But I just couldn't get into Bowie's because maybe I was so familiar to, with Roland's, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I had Scary Monsters on a few months ago, maybe sometime towards the middle end of last year. I'm like, yeah, Roland's are just better, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I have to emphasize those three words. <laughs> in my, my opinion. Opinion, yeah. I do like the part, though, in the middle where he – uh under his breath, or I guess muffled, says Schrodinger's cat is dead to the world. It's like that song's he not said out the yet. Line. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was recorded for the Enemy compilation Ruby Tracks. Yeah, celebrated. I forget how many years the Enemy. It's a great cover of Maggie May, the Rod Stewart song on there. Blur did it. I prefer that version a lot more to Rod Stewart's too. So I got two good songs out of there. As for My Girls, I like My Girls more than just about every single song. The Tipping Point. Wow. Um, it's just a synth pop explosion. Right? It yeah, is. That's what it is. Um, they're both taking the vocals, which is the first time you get that since, like, I don't know. The hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like how one of them is like, taking the lead and then one's shouting in the back. You know, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video is good, too. I think Vinyl Williams did the video and I think he did the cover. I think that's his name. Probably. Um, it's it's Vinyl Williams. 
Nice. He's a musician, artist, all that stuff. So pretty cool there. Um, I try to think what else I'd say about this. It's by far my favorite song on that EP. Ready to Start's good. Uh, and I was a boy from school. It's also good. And um, Animal Collective are a great band. But My Girls is probably not my favorite Animal Collective song. You know, I've only heard a handful, whatever, like the most popular stuff streaming. Because I got curious after I listened to My Girls and I checked out a few other songs and I thought they were mm-hmm. better. But Tears She Fears is My Girls just simply, to use a really stupid Gen Z term, hits different. <laughs> you know, it does. I grew up listening to that one a lot because my mom had that EP on vinyl. So I heard that song nonstop because you figure that was the first piece of new music we had since 2004 or five. So True. we were like starving over here. Yeah. So we had like three covers like, hey, that's something. One of them just happened to be fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like My Girls almost as yeah. much as Tomcats. Wow. Next up is Most Underrated Song. So for me, ooh, uh, I have a couple different. I'll kind of I guess I'll list off like my top three. Um the hurting title track. Mm-hmm. Um, the working hour, and I'm gonna go with uh, the year of the knife. Not the year, just year of the knife, not the <laughs> year of the knife. So the hurting, working hour, and year of the knife. I'm gonna do five. So if you want to pick two more, you can. <laughs> well, you gotta. I gotta think now. Um. Uh. Uh. Famous last words. And <laughs> this one, uh, Johnny Panic and the Bible of Dreams. Those are solid. Never hear anyone talk about Johnny Panic, so good on you for that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's severely slept on. It hits. I like it. <laughs> all right, so my five are all a bit all over the place. Um, first one, I know you're not a fan of this one too, too much, but Standing on the Corner of the Third World. Uh, top five favorite of mine all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Year of the Knife. Yep. Um, Lord of Karma. Oh, you're so right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don't Drink the Water mm-hmm. from Raul. I dig the hell out of that song. It's so yeah. cool. And then Lady Bird. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think... Honestly, I know you said the working hour. I don't think anything from the first two is underrated. I think they've run their course. If anything, watch me bleed. Broken. I'll say for first two albums, I guess I'll just throw those out there. Um, but yeah, those five I said are the five I think are underrated. Shout out to Lady Bird, by the way. Beautiful song. Kurt wrote a great chorus and Roland wrote some great verses. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Mm-hmm. They sound checked it too on the uh, first half of the tipping point tour, so they should really play it live. <laughs> yeah. One can hope, one can dream. All right. Now we have the last six questions, and these were actually questions that we came up with. Um, so, starting off with these, it's the, actually the, the ones that you asked favorite and least favorite album cover. So. My favorite is Songs for the Picture, just because it's so iconic. Unbelievably mm-hmm. iconic. But I also really like the Seeds of Love one, just because it's it's a piece of art. 
It's a work mm-hmm. of art. It's a masterpiece. Least favorite? Mm, Raul. Okay. That's Raul. fair. Solid yeah. pick. Solid, solid, How about you? Solid. Uh, my favorite is The Seeds of Love, but I will pay some respects to Songs in the Big Chair. Um, I mean, Songs in the Big Chair, for just being a picture of two dudes, it's probably the photo that they're defined by the best. Yeah. In my opinion. Like, if I were to say, what does Tears Fears look like? I'm just showing them the album cover. Yeah. Not the whitewashed version that's streaming. I'm showing them either my picture disc or my original pressing from 85. Not that mm. grayish white thing. No. no, no yeah, no. I agree. But my favorite is The Seeds of Love. Without that, like you said, fantastic. I love all the little elements that are in there. The sun, the moon. Um, the yin and the yang are in there. The heart is in there. Like the umbrellas that they're holding. The suits. Yeah. The suits which are actually in a hard rock. Either a hotel or cafe. But yes, you love beautiful. Love it, love it, love it. And least favorite, uh, Raul. Really yeah. wish. There was this really cool picture. Oh, like a dark blue black background of Roland. He's got like a Spanish guitar and his head's down. And he's smiling. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Would have made a great album cover. It looks really cool. Would have been great. And then the picture that was used for the Secrets CD single, where he's got his head down, he's got shades on, and mm-hmm. he's got the guitar. You know what picture I'm talking about? Yeah. Would have made a great album cover, too. Yep. Maybe yep. when I do my uh my alternate Raul album, I'll use that cover to see how it works. Yeah. All right, and then next up we have favorite B side. Um, so for me, Johnny Panic. Johnny Panic knew it. It's knew Johnny it. Panic and the Bible of Dreams. But another one that I think is super good is Lord of Karma. I say I'm gonna do three, so you can say one more. <laughs> okay. Um. Um. Johnny Panic, Lord of Karma, and what are the B sides for Raul again? Um, uh, the I'm... Angels, Madness of Roland, Until I Drown, War of Attrition, uh, Queen of Compromise, and then Acoustic, Break It Down Again, Raul, and then Creep. Oh, The Angels. Great that song. song is, that song is really good. And it, you know what? That one's also kind of, that one's pretty underrated. Realistically speaking, that, because I think underrated should be the song that you feel not necessarily is the best, but a good song that no one cares about or knows about like yeah. in the channel scheme. So realistically, people know Year of the Knife but maybe don't appreciate it. People probably don't know all of the angels nor do they appreciate it. Yeah. It's a good thing you pointed that one out cuz I completely forgot that song. Existed. Well, there. He just proved your own point. I did. I absolutely did. I haven't tackled Raul in a while, although I do think it's a great album. I haven't tackled that era in a while. But yeah, what what are your what's your five? Or did you say five? I might do five. I don't know. There's so many. Wait, did I, did I say five? Years? You said three. You can do two more. I'll do five. Stop doing this to me. <laughs> Pick three. Okay. Um, I'm going to go C song. Okay. Say five. Okay. I'll go five. C song. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay. So Johnny Panic, Lord of Karma, C song, All of the Angels, and uh, Always in the Past. Okay, we share a lot in there. <laughs> so I'm gonna say C song, which is just lovely. Yes. Um, always in the past. There we go. Lord of Karma. Yep. New Star. Okay, and, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> and all of the angels. There we go. 
You don't like Johnny Panic, do you? No. <laughs> not that much. We're built different. It's not bottom 10 for me, though. I'll let you know that. It's not bottom 10. All right, all right. I think I should redo my B-sides list. Um, Broken Revisited, Ghost no. Papa. No. <laughs> 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 Was that all you had to say That's, about that? Uh, yeah, just those five songs. All Fantastic, right. all of them. Super underrated. Always in the past. Should have been on the scene. All right, next is favorite guitars used by Roland and Kurt. So here's the thing. I don't have preferences. I mean, because Kurt always uses a headless bass, right? I don't think he does now. I think he just uses a Hofner. All right, well, headless bass for Kurt. The Steinberger? Yeah, and then... There was this one guitar that Roland used in 85, but I have to look for pictures. I liked it a lot, though. Hang on. I'm looking really fast. I gotta make this quick, because I don't want dead air on here, but... It's in my, I know it's in my Tears for Fears picture folder somewhere. Um, I'll talk to make up for it. Yeah, I don't necessarily, even though I do play guitar, I don't know guitar names too, too well. Like, I can't say, oh, company this, model this. I'll try my best. Yeah, no, I getcha. Still looking. Where is it? I know I... I know I have a photo of it. Okay, well, if I can recall, I think it was like a light blue guitar. Oh, yeah, it's a... um. Yes, I found it. It's um, it's a photo I have. He's wearing like a pink... He's wearing a pink collared shirt, and he has a light blue guitar. That is... um. I think that's a Fender. Well, there you go. Let me see. Um, I'm on the Equip Board website, which is just equipment used by famous musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess his most famous one is probably the Walnut Strat. Mm, yeah. In, like s- scenes and all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say... Um, my favorite Roland guitar is probably the Gibson ES three thirty that you see in "Sowing the Seeds of Love." Oh, well, there you that go. That one I really like, and I really like. I forget, I don't know the model. It could also be a Gibson. I don't know what he uses sometimes live. The one that has the red guitar. The hollow mm. body guitar that has the happy ending sticker on it on the side. Mm-hmm. Not the one he uses all the time, the red Stratocaster. The other one. It's like bigger. You know what I'm talking about, right? Maybe, probably it like, not. It has like a happy ending decal on it. Maybe I do. I'd have to. Uh, yeah, he's, he used it when I saw him live in 2017, but I haven't really seen him use it since at all. Mm. So I really do like his red acoustic he's playing now. Yeah. I do like that a lot. It's cool. It's a cool one. How about and then Kurt? Kurt, Kurt, I really like his current Hofner bass because it gets you that violin bass sound that someone like McCartney had on uh, Beatles recordings without, mm. you know, having to use a, one of those skinny necked violin basses. So, yeah, I'd go with Kurt's Hofner. Nice. All right. Now for the questions that I wrote down. I don't um, remember them. So <laughs> what Tears for Fears songs take you back to quarantine? Ooh. I can I can go first if you'd like to think for a little bit. Yeah, 
Because I was listening to a lot of Tears for Fears. So, <laughs> yeah, quarantine is when I really got into Tears for Fears. So I listened to a lot. But if I if I could pinpoint five songs, I'm going to go ahead with the five songs. If I could say five songs that really, like, transport me back whenever I hear them, it's Memories Fade. And I think that's, like, the biggest one that really takes me back. It's Memories Fade. Oh, Break it really down been, again. You must have really been feeling in quarantine. I, I mean, <laughs> who wasn't? Who was? Who was? Um, Break it down again. Raul and the Kings of Spain. The hurting. And honestly, watch me bleed. Wow, you must have really been feeling it. I mean, I was. And I, I was too. I was too. We yeah. all were. We all were, yeah. Um, yeah, those yeah. are good songs. Especially like for every- an early fan to be like getting into Watch Me Bleed. That's deep stuff. Yeah. It's a deep cut right there. Every time I hear it, it just takes it you back. It really transports me back, to, especially to like the April portion of it. Yeah. You know, before things got crazy with the world, with the US even. You know, mm-hmm. with all the riots and stuff. So I, I, it almost makes me feel a strange bit of nostalgia, but also an understandable nostalgia. Because, you know, that's when I was still um, back home in California. So yeah, it was it was the better part of quarantine. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is some good picks. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so How about me, you? I, yeah, I'm really curious to hear your answers. As for me, I mainly associate quarantine and tears of fears with the four remastered music videos from the songs from the big chair era okay because i think shout and head over heels were the first two to be remastered and i caught it before they even posted about it i had shout on my tv i had youtube on tv which i accessed through my blu-ray player before i got a smart tv and i started i was in the mood for some tears because i hadn't been listening i'd listened to a lot of supergrass because that was my band at the time. You know me. I get my little phases. You do. It's it's fine. I, I like it. It's enjoyable. Yeah, I was listening to a lot of Supergrass and some Weezer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Weezer. Come Weezer. On. So then I'm like, yeah, I'll put on some Tears for Shouts a classic. And I looked at the video. I'm like, what the heck did they do to Shout? And then I like the colors were changed. Like the res. They didn't, and I still don't think that remaster looks that good. What do you think? I think it just looks blurry. Uh, I'd have to compare it to the scenes, huh? Um, it's yeah. better, but is it? It's definitely better, but it's not that great. Yeah. So I remember looking, I'm like, huh. Interesting. Like, And I looked at the rest. I clicked, and it said 1080p. I was like, when did this happen? Mm. So then I tried a few others. I tried Everybody Wants the World. Nothing. I tried Pale Shelter. Nothing. I tried Head Over Heels. We're Master. I'm like, hey, that actually looks pretty decent. And to be fair, of the four, that's probably one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, there was a really good 4K remastered by uh, Video Games Remastered on YouTube that we've talked about here before. Jeez Louise, that looks good. But uh, that was interesting. And then Everybody Wants of the World got remastered. I think that one looks pretty decent, especially yeah. like the close-up shots. And the best one to me was the U.S. Mix of Mother's Talk. I yeah. thought that one looked really good. They really did a good job with that. So mm-hmm. those four songs, I watched those four videos a lot. So those four songs are bedded into my brain. Because I used to do a lot of, I did all my schoolwork on my Chromebook. I'd have Google Classroom open in one tab and YouTube open in the other. And that's how, not really, I not overly like, I was listening to Tears for a lot then, but I do remember those four songs. I had the box sets then too, the first two albums. 
So I was listening to The Working Hour a lot. Um, broken. Listen, I like to listen more back than I do now. Also. Same. But I still have an appreciation for it. So yeah, I'm like, when it just came to listening to uh, songs, uh, Tears for Fears were my main focus. Because, I mean, I do remember listening to the, the first two albums. Maybe a little of whatever the heck that was called. See the <laughs> Maybe you break it down again with Slow in the Mix. Maybe Raul was in the Mix. Because don't forget, Happy Ending wasn't streaming. Therefore, it wasn't on their mm. topic page on YouTube. So if I wanted to listen to anything with Happy Ending, I had to go to crappy uh, YouTube uploads from 2008 of like CD rips and whatnot. Yeah. But my main focus in this time, which is 2020, uh, March, April, May, and then maybe it into June, was Duran Duran. I listened wow. to them nonstop. Uh, got into this album called "So Red the Rose" by Arcadia. Mm, that's uh, a good one. Got into the Power Station, and I basically was just diving into Duran Duran head first. I mean, I knew the greatest hits my whole life. But I'm like, there's got to be more here. So I listened to their first album, start to finish. I was like, wow, this band's great. Listen to Rio, wow, this band's great. <laughs> I listened to Seven Ragged Tiger, this band's okay. Listen to Toys, <laughs> this band's okay. And then I put on this thing called So Red the Rose, and my life was changed. So Red the Rose deserves so much more appreciation. But because it was a side project. You can't even say that because look how successful the power station was. I I don't know a whole lot on the power station. Yeah, that was uh, John and Andy's thing while Roger, Nick, and Simon were off doing uh, Arcadia. Yeah. But But the promise, the the promise, promise so good. One of the most. Beautiful songs I've ever heard. That whole album, Election Day, Goodbyes Forever, Missing, El Dorado. Uh, no, El Di- not El Dorado. El Diablo. <laughs> El Dorado's the, uh, is that a Disney movie? DreamWorks movie? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The cartoon, Road El Dorado. Yes, yes, yes. I just, I saw that was on TV not too long ago. I'm like, man, I don't remember a single thing about that movie. <laughs> yeah, El Diablo and the lady. The whole album is just so good. But this yeah. isn't Arcadia from the big chair. This, this is, is history just, from the big so chair. So yeah, Two Fears overall. The main songs, I said the four singles from Big Chair, but the US mix some others talk. Mm-hmm. Um, the soulful re-recording of I Believe, which is the superior version of my opinion. <laughs> and uh, a few other things like the hurting, Pell Shelter, Mad World. But, so do, but do they do they really like transport you back? Oh, I if, if I hear like the US mix some others talk or like listen. You just in my basement. Project. I'm I'm in my basement doing my Spanish one homework or my like basics of history or whatever the heck I was doing at that point, geometry or like biology mm. or like I remember for some reason this is so weird. I associate the song "When in Love with a Blind Man" with Romeo and Juliet because <laughs> I had like sometimes you get earworms like I need to hear the song again. I need the song again. And when you listen to it once, and you just keep listening to it and listening to it, that's how I was when I heard "When Love with the Blind." I'm like, "That's great! I need to hear that again." Well, I was reading Romeo and Juliet, so whenever Aww. I think of like Shakespeare and that story, I hear "When Love with the Blind" and in my head, I'm like, "Why am Aww. I hearing this?" And then I remind myself. That's cute to think about. It's this is nice. And then another thing I remember. I had to do an end of the year biology project where I had to photograph all these different like forms of life and species and like mixtures and all that stuff. Basically, it was just like a, a year interview. Like, what did you learn? But like, use like real life applications. So I took a very long road trip with my dad 
we're on the like almost the entirety of like three different counties like right around me we're gone like two hours this is back when gas was low so you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> um i just had my phone in and i had the um i had my tears fears section on shuffle all these songs just bringing me back and just taking me back and that's also kind of where my love for Trisha Fear start up again because I was running the account and you have to admit 2020 is like the year this that account not necessarily peaked but was in its full dedicated prime like I well, care yeah because you know like school wasn't much of a thing so no. you had time to make the memes I had time to make the memes so yeah I, when I was listening basically when you listen to an artist or when you make a meme account for an artist you have to listen to the artist basically yeah. so I was just taking a full dive into Tears Fears, digging all these songs. I'm like, man, great band. So basically, looking at my box sets just takes me back. <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. Just looking at those things, it's like, wow. Mm. Three years ago already. It's insane. Yeah. Three years ago. It really is. Like, I've been a fan for three years. It's mind-blowing. But yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Wow. So yeah, honestly, Tears Your Fears is just a privilege, you know. That, really, it is. That was just your first question. <laughs> yeah, yes, into, it was. Uh, that yeah, deep in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you could erase any one Tears Your Fears song from existence, and I'll give you one B side and one album track, too, so you can do one of each. What are your picks? Now I'll answer first, so you can. It think can't on that be a, a remix. Bit. If it's a remix of the. Uh, well, I guess they don't really do remixes of B-sides, huh? So, then you... Sure. Okay. No, that's too specific. Like, uh, don't count alternate version. I'm talking just the songs straight on. Oh, so you know, you know I was going to say the beat of the drum. Yes, mix. I knew exactly <laughs> what you were going to say. So, imagine the alternative versions do not exist. One B-side, one album track from any album, any era. So, for me, the B-side... That's a toughie, actually. There's so many that I don't like. Um, don't you dare say the one I think you're going to say. Mm, Please don't say it. Mm. <laughs> okay. I, I would have said Wino or The Conflict, but because those are like actual songs, I'll let them slide. I'm going to say The Big Chair. Oh, thank God. Because I That's actually, right. I think that The Big Chair is technically my least favorite Tears for Fears song overall. Like, if I ranked <laughs> all the songs, I'm pretty sure that The Big Chair would be zero. No yeah. points to it. It's funny because... <laughs> well, get to me. Okay. Um, and then album track. Okay, this, it's definitely something from either... Elemental Raul or Happy Ending. <gasps> oh, it's oh, I'm sorry. No offense to anyone, but it's Gas Giants. <laughs> That's a given, and you knew that was coming. You you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, look, I just don't like how that song is the same three note interval, and then with like another note added every here. So you know, it's just like dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Just <laughs> over and over again for like however long it is, and then finally Roland comes in with like two lines of lyrics. Giants and, and armors to stay up between uh something in the renegade. That's actually a pretty good lyric. Those but, are they're good lyrics, but it's such a waste. 
It's so good lyrics from Honestly, to waste. I think this is such a random comparison. I think Hypno Culture from Tom Katz is just a good gas giants. I agree. Which is a bunch of a whole bunch of weirdness for so long and then it just comes in with lyrics. But at least Hypno Culture's got like a groove going. It's got yeah. good lyrics, good vocals. Great song, great album. What can I yeah. say? But then but Gas Giants is literally just over and no over off, yeah, no offense, but no offense. Gas Giants is poopy, in my opinion. <laughs> Don't. That's, that's the way of putting it. Um, yeah. But yeah, how about you? What's what's one B-side and one album track? The B-side for me, um, I know you you said the big chair, but in my opinion, it almost serves as the de facto unofficial title track for the album. That's true. So I say the big chair. I wouldn't say the big chair, but it's probably my number two. I'm going to say as... This is probably like my least favorite fully fleshed out thought out song because it provides absolutely no substance. I think to I me know what whatsoever. You're say. I think I know. This is B side we're talking here. Mm-hmm. Ghost Papa. Oh, okay. Actually, I kind of forgot that existed. No. I'm Ghost I, Papa I you were to me. Say tears roll down. Ghost Papa to me is kind of fun. Do you get it? Like, Ghost Pop, I could put on and have a good laugh at, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing at it, you know, but <laughs> I feel like my life would be just a little less entertaining without Ghost Pop in it. So if I'm going to say a song that provides no entertainment, it is War of Attrition. Mm-hmm. That, that's my second choice. Because here's the thing. Tears Your Fears are probably my favorite band ever. Because I figured this out because there's not really any Tears for Fear song that I flat out hate, despise, loathe. There are songs where I can listen to and say, I don't like this at all, but I don't hate it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. War of Attrition is one of those songs where I don't dislike it. I don't, I don't like it one singular bit, but I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Like There aren't really any Tears for Fear songs where like I will get angry at it if I hear it. There are songs <laughs> I skip. Heck, I skip a song like Listen, Call Me Crazy. It depends on the mood for me. Yeah. Um, so something like War of Attrition, just no. Um, really glad that didn't make the album and it just got tucked away and forgotten, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's my B-side pick. And my album track pick is Gas Giants. There we go. Gas Giants should have just been an interlude at the beginning of Power that was a part of Power. This is a Gas Giants hate club. <laughs> <laughs> Not it, hate. As we just said, we don't hate it. Gas Giant Story is like Union. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's that, Gas Giants. Yes, yeah, so oh, that's that. Um, so third and final question of the podcast is what Tears for Fears song or songs mean the most to you and why? Okay, so I can good. go ahead and answer first if you want to think about it. Um, All right, I'll, yeah, you go ahead first. I I need some time to think. So there's, I can list off a few. So it's it's a bit of a generalized answer, but everybody wants to rule the world because it's the first Tears for Fears song I heard. Um, then I would say Mad World because that's the song that kind of helped me realize that they were different from a lot of artists in the 1980s. Then I would say Head Over Heels because that's the song that kind of solidified me 
diving into Tears for Fears and being where I am today. It's also your favorite, isn't it? It's my favorite, yeah, yeah. It's been my favorite since the second I heard it on Casey Kasem. <laughs> wow. Wait, I'm not kidding. Wow. Um, He's uh, broken at the end. I'm done with that, too. <laughs> I'm done with that. So, so Rule the World, Mad World, Hit Over Heels. But then also... Um, Hmm. You know? The way you were, Demo. No! You need that, don't you? You need that. (laughs) I thought I'd throw that one in there. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I I kind of forgot about that. So you kind of like put that back in my brain and I'm going to ask you every day to do it. Okay. Um, The Tipping Point. Oh, good choice. I mean, it was the first song of the first era that I was present to see the dawn of. So it means a lot to me, you know? Right. And then I guess if I kind of stray away from like my fandom timeline, songs that mean a lot to me, I guess lyrically, maybe. Stuff for the children. Uh-huh. Stuff for the children. Um, Woman in Chains. Shame uh, a song like that is still relevant. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's life for you. It's a mad world out there. But it's but it's wow, two puns uh, tonight. Let's go. Wow. Falling wow. off. <laughs> I'm gonna try and make a pun, but I couldn't think of anything. So yeah, so I guess just to recap, everybody wants to rule the world, mad world, head over heels, the tipping point, suffer the children, and woman in chains. How about you? Um, how many was that? You picked like five or six. That was I'm, six, but I'm I'm not gonna go like a certain like a lot of number. I'm just gonna say what I feel like saying. Okay. Free will. It's a two. Free free. Will. It's it's our podcast. We can say what we want. Free will. <laughs> um. Everybody wants the world. No, it's the song I've heard the most in my entire life, without a doubt. Yeah. I know that song like I know. Was it the back of my hand? Is that the phrase? Yeah. Okay. I know that song so well, and. Absolutely not a favorite of mine. I don't dislike it at all. I think it's fantastic. It's brilliant. It's one of their best songs, probably. I don't know. But it's probably, it's just so familiar to me. I'd, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a huge part of my life growing up as a fan. So I'm going to say that um, closest thing to heaven because I have great memories of watching that video on my uh, mm. little old computer, my old Dell computer that ran like garbage back when I was a little kid on the uh, on the old YouTube. Uh, <laughs> loved that video so much. Still do. Great childhood memory. So Tears uh, for Your Songs. Uh, Everyone Wants the World, Closing to Heaven. Um, the song that really won me over when I saw them live was Secret World. So I'll throw Secret World in there. I also remember that song a lot as a kid. <gasps> Sorry. I just thought of another song. Can I say it real fast? Yes. No small thing because it's the first song I saw Tears for Fears perform live. There you go. It's a good pick. Okay, sorry, you may continue. <laughs> All right, so I said Everyone Wants the World, Closing to Heaven, Secret World. Um Huh. This is what this is really strange when you think about it. There's so many picks I could say here. Um Every song. Every song. No. Not just <laughs> um, Papa. <laughs> because it's the same year. Um I love you, but I'm lost. Was the first song that came out when I was like an, a full fledged super oh, fan. Wow, well, there you so go. Yeah, I love you, but I'm lost. Criminally underrated. Another one I will advocate for that song like yeah. crazy. 
deserved better than just being thrown on a greatest hits and ignored for the rest of its life. Yeah. Um, I think it would have belonged on the tipping point. Do it live, guys. Yeah, <laughs> if they do it live. Okay. They should do it live on this upcoming Here's the tour. thing. We don't want any set list spoilers, but if they do that song, tell us. <laughs> you know, don't tell me anything else, but tell us that. Yeah, but that's something you actually have on me, like, you know, you became a super fan before I did, so you were actually there for the... I was there I for that and stay. And I remember thinking, you know, if that's what the new Tears of Fears um, record's going to sound like, I'm all for it. And Ooh, it didn't really sound off. like... It didn't really sound like too... Eleven Loss is very heavy on compression, <laughs> I guess. That yeah, course, That course is very brick-walled and all that, but I love that song so much. It's really good. It's, it's, it's basically forgotten at this point. Left out in the Kind dust. of, yes. Yeah, so that's like another one for underrated. Underrated picks. I love yeah. it, but I'm lost. Um, no small thing, because that's the first one they open with in 22, 23, 22. Um, and I remember the day I heard that song, I was on the way home from school. And um, I didn't feel like waiting till midnight. So I used a VPN <laughs> and listened Cheater. early. And I remember just sitting there. I didn't have earbuds on me. So I was just playing with my phone. So like, oh, my. Because, you know, you don't expect a Tear Shafir song to just open with acoustic guitars and all exactly. that. Exactly. And, you know, you get this kick drum going, this tambourine rhythm. And it's like, this is so different. And I remember thinking, that should have been, in my opinion, the first single. I'm glad they went the way they did. I feel like going with the title track was a better marketing move. Remember, remember that title track was supposed to come out in April of 2020. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm well aware. That's when I was a fan. So You're like, where is it? That, I was like, oh, my God. So, yes. Yes, I was there for that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no small thing. I'm just going by, like, obviously, this is my fan time. I'm going by. And... Um, I'm gonna go Woman in Chains because I didn't see that song live in 2017 and the, and I uh I cried. Really? You didn't see it in 2017? They no. didn't do it then, no. Yeah, I cried during Woman in Chains when Good. I saw it in uh, 22. So Good. there's that. And I guess I'll just pick some other ones that just mean something to me on a different yeah. level. Um Let me see here. I'm just gonna pick some songs I remember getting into a lot when I became like a big fan in 1718. Um, the working hour. Never mm. even really knew about that song. I I guess seeing it and seeing some pictures so many times as a kid just escaped me. Mm. I just remember there's that guy from that one magazine that introduces it in the intro. Yeah. Like, and this is the working hour. Yeah. You know, there's that guy, whatever accent is British, Scottish, don't know. Yeah. Um, so that song, uh, famous last words because. Apparently there was a there was a video for it which I had no idea because that wasn't on any DVD releases that I owned. Um, it was on the gold DVD, so it did get released on home media. Um, mm. Famous last words, um, advice for the young at heart. I saw that live, beautiful song, great production. You, I um, you saw it. Wow. Another one that I kind of forgot about. I used to listen to this song back when I was in seventh grade. On my computer every night before I would go to bed, and that is Brian Wilson said. <laughs> every <laughs> night before I'd go up to bed, I'd just listen to that song, just getting engrossed and lost in. Especially Roland's best guitar work, in my opinion, being on that song is just so good and so underrated. And um, 
Secrets. I remember, I remember buying Secrets on iTunes when I was like an eight or nine year old. <laughs> Literally. That's adorable. Yeah, I loved Secrets. Yeah, it's re- that's um, also a really good one. Really it's also really good. So you have Secrets and then nothing from Happy Ending because like I said, I couldn't really listen to that one. It was not really on YouTube and like on like a topic channel, so I couldn't really like get around to it. So then there's that, and I guess I'll just throw in um, Break the Man because that's my favorite song off the most recent album. So I'm not going to go back and repeat them. That's too much work. But I said what I said, and if you want to go back, you can. And um, I guess I'll just have um, two more questions for you that I might answer myself. These are just questions I came up with. Okay. Uh, as I've been talking, as you've been a Tears for Fears fan for over three years now, mm-hmm. what has been the most rewarding aspect of it to you? In what way? Like, like anything in relation to it? Like, what is the number one thing you've either learned or gotten out of it from the whole Tears for Fears experience? Okay, so I can say two things. One was. This one's kind of, so the first aspect is kind of, it has like two parts. So just getting to see them overall, but then also getting to see them in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And then two would probably, this is a bit more of a personal life type of thing, but actually, you know, getting to see you in person. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not very often a bond with people on my music taste. Um, I'm, much more retro 70s 80s 90s yeah i'm not really with the times besides like the 1975 and arctic monkeys which arctic monkeys like almost 20 years old now geez so mm-hmm. uh i'm not really with the times as far as the music goes these days and i really don't care to be i don't care if there's good music out there i have what i have and i'm okay with it i agree you know i mean you get garbage they're still releasing music duran duran still releasing music uh peshmo just had an album out Tears your fears released a stellar album last year I have what I have, and I'm okay with it. I'm content with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks for picking me, by the way. It means a lot. No problem, man. <laughs> so, yeah, my second question for you is... Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Oh, you want me to answer it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the... You're going to steal the... my answers? <laughs> no, actually, I guess the best thing I can say is it's such a very broad answer. It's not specific, but it really has shaped my life. Oh, I 100% agree. Like, I, that concert I saw in Florida, June 9th, 2017, Amway Center, Orlando, Florida, um, is, like, the day my life changed forever. And I know it's such a cliche Aww. thing to say, one, one concert gets you, but it just opened the scope for me for music. And like I've said before on the first episode, when I talked about the music I was listening to before I saw Tears for Fears, um, I listened for like the entirety of fifth grade and like the first half of sixth grade. I was listening to Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco, Twilight Pilots, My Chemical Romance. Yeah, you were just a little edgelord. I was just a little bit of an edgelord, you know? <laughs> listening to my Tumblr bands, you know? <laughs> my Fueled by Ramen Tumblr bands and all that. Yeah. And I remember like I had music on shuffle on my computer. Hey, Bulldog by the Beatles came on. The Beatles ended up being all I listened to. That was it for me just the Beatles. Wow. And I dropped all those other artists except one and we know which one stayed. Yeah. Um, 
once we became all the Beatles, I became really snobby and was like, oh, there's nothing as good as the Beatles are all I'm going to listen to. And I hated myself for that. Oh. So seeing Tears Your Fears Live changed that too. Opened my scope to the 80s yeah. and the 90s because I didn't think I was going to go there. Now, like, I listen to, I mean, this is by far not like obscure music at all. This is pretty common 80s music. The Smiths, the Pesh Mode. Talking Heads, Duran Duran. It's all music I found through Tears Your Fears. And by finding these artists, they've led me to other artists. Like, I found Sparks. Garbage. Garbage. There's a big one right there. That's probably the most direct one. Yeah. You know, the band opened for Tears Your Fears. Boom. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it's the same for me, actually. So I would say that as well. It's because I used to be super closed off with my music taste. Like, I'd only listen to a specific thing. Um, but then... I got into Tears for Fears, which led me to you, and then you—you you actually broadened I've, my horizons. I've, I've put you on some good stuff, Blondie. Yeah, like, we're uh-huh. both big Blondie fans. Well, I was kind of raised on Blondie, You're, yeah. But then I, it fell out of my circulation, but I'm back on it now. So you know, Aha, uh-huh, Blondie, Duran Duran, slash Arcadia. You got the Beach uh, Boys from me. Talk Talk, yeah, the Beach Boys, even Erasure. Erasure, Talk yeah. Talk, so good. Especially yeah. Those- Two albums at the end, Laughing Stock and Spirit of Eden. So good. Talk Talk's entire discography is good. I mean, I know you have some thoughts on it to my life, and I do too. <laughs> I've only I've only heard their first two. Yeah, Party's Over is a fantastic synth pop record, though. I have loved that one. So you got the white one. That yeah. white vinyl right now is like 16 bucks on Amazon, and I've still yet to buy it. Well, you should get it. I've got to get on that. And uh, I said so basically, to sum it all up to some of my main point, Tears Your Fears are like my they're obviously my favorite band. I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> they're not only my favorite band, but they have been my gateway to expanding yes. my horizons of music. They are the reason I have a pretty large CD collection, a pretty large vinyl collection. It's because yeah. of all these different artists that Tears Your Fears led me to, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some that I can't, you know, really thank Tears Your Fears for, like the 1975 that came from Tumblr. Back when I was in fifth grade, um, Paramore, that's just from like association with all those other bands I used to listen to. Um, Sparks, I don't know if that really comes from Tears of Fears, that's kind of its own thing. Mm. Um, there's some other ones like The Laws, uh, mm. and all those that Laws, super underrated, uh, underrated, <laughs> underrated, <laughs> underrated band had one really good album. Weezer, Tears of Fears led me to Weezer, really, because wow. of Cumber- oh, yeah. The yeah. Teal album and whatnot. Yeah. Tears Your Fears oh. led me to Weezer. I always forget about that. Wow. Sometimes wow. I like on accident say that, oh, I was a Weezer fan before. I wasn't. Yeah, you, you always talk about it like that's the case. So that's it, actually I, news to I, me. I liked, you know, Buddy Holly, Shane mm-hmm. So, Undone, El Scorcho, Good Life, Island of the Sun, Beverly Hills, all those popular songs. But I didn't own a single Weezer CD. I didn't own a single Weezer record. Until I saw, you know, my heroes rolling a curve playing with this band called Weezer. I'm like, yo, that's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, buying the Teal album on CD, I was like, this isn't good. <laughs> mm. And then I, I have every Weezer album on CD now, and I have a good chunk of their records. It's not something I'm proud of, but hey, I like me some Weezer. I know a lot of people don't. People like to make jokes, but hey, I take pride <laughs> of what I listen to. Weezer. Weezer. And what's that? You said you had a last question. You said you had uh, two more. You asked the first one. 
All right. Ready for this one? Yeah. This is more so like a discussion question that we can like kind of go back and forth with. Okay. What do you want to see next from them as far as releases go, reissues, new um, music? New music, certainly. I mean, I'm always a fan of <laughs> new music coming out. Hello. That'd be exciting, but it's not something I want to be rushed. Um, I really want a hurting picture disc. I want Happy Ending and Raul and Elemental on vinyl. Um, that might be it. All right. So um, I'm kind of falling in place with you there. And I will say one thing, though. Universal, right, is reissuing 11 Elton John albums. Wow. June and August. 11. Wow. His whole entire discography from start to finish is going to be available on vinyl, which is insane to me. Happy day for Elton love. John fans. Oh, my brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my brother, yeah. Yeah. Elton John's great. But um, I don't see any reason why we – I think it's kind of stupid that we don't have something like Raul on vinyl by now. We're getting Saturnine. Yeah. Which is something I never thought I'd, we'd see. Yeah. That's when, cool. I mean, we're gonna have to pay eighty bucks for it in the U.S., but yeah. you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say, give me those three albums on vinyl, and give me like the box sets over time. I though I don't see a Raul box that happening because of rights issues, whatever. Mm-hmm. Give us give us a hurting picture disc. Um, give us a tipping point live Blu-ray and CD slash vinyl. Yeah, Some, shows really are recorded. Cool. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, did you see? I meant to send this to you. There was a trailer posted on something for the tour, and it was all professionally filmed footage from the past tour. Hmm. So that must indicate something that they must have something filmed. Maybe, yeah. So yeah, there's that. I want a tipping point live album. I want Tom Katz on vinyl. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want Mayfield on vinyl slash Deceptively, heavily, and halfway pleased. All the current albums from recent years. Mm-hmm. Give, give me those. Um, and this is a really big stretch, and I know it won't happen. But Depeche Mode do these things per album, where they put all of their 12-inch singles in one box. That would be so cool. So I can go out right now. I mean, there's two you can't buy. You can't. Re- I mean, they're starting to become sold out as time goes on. Like I can't get music from Masses, Black Celebration, Violator. Songs of Faith and Devotion, but if I want to, I can go on Amazon and say there's now I'm like Speak and Spell. That's like Just Can't Get Enough, New Life, Dreaming of Me. I can get all of those 12 inches in one box set, reissued, remastered, and then recut. Well, if Tusha Fears did that, that would be fantastic. Getting like the hurting 12 inches in one set, getting the big chair ones, getting all the Seeds of Love picture discs maybe in one set. And Depeche Mode even do these things where they put together new singles of stuff that was like only on CD, stuff that was only digital. So like they, if Tushfers wanted to, they could do 12 inches for Break It Down Again, Cold, Secrets, if we want to go to Raul. Happy mm-hmm. Ending had some 12 inches, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get, I really wish too, and this is a different thing. We had physical releases for the Tipping Point singles. Besides, we had the cassette single. I agree with you. Like, like I would have loved 45. 45. Like my demons, that would be awesome. Do you want to hear my proposal for what I said they should have done? Yeah, of course. 
I think the first single should have been the tipping point backed with whatever album track they want. Or maybe a remix, because there was a radio edit, which have you heard before? Yes. There's a very different radio edit of the tipping point. Okay, um, maybe not. <laughs> it's very, I'll have to send it to you. It's, the quality is horrible, because it has yet to be released anywhere else. I think you sent it, but I don't remember it. And then we can get No Small Thing backed with whatever. And then to me, Break the Man backed with End of Night Makes Sense. Yeah. Uh, my demons backed with I don't know what, and then long, long, long time backed with whatever with what. So maybe see. Oh my god, there's like secret location. Yeah, I was just about to say. There's those three songs, uh, shame. So there's B side material there. But I would love, love to see neither tipping point CD singles. Pet Shop Boys still do those, so they still exist. Twelve inch singles, um, anything really. Like don't get me wrong, Concord. Did a fantastic job promoting the tipping point. Those that cassette single promo thing they did was fantastic. Yeah. I saved so much money on album day because of those things. It was a two dollar promo. If you brought it to the record store, you bought that, you got two dollars off. Did you know that? Yeah, but you you weren't like saving money. No. Well, I guess you were technically saving money. I don't know. It kind of evened out. Yeah, you, know, you spend two dollars, yeah. you get two dollars back. You're flat zero. You know. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Um. Us like 12 inch reissues, picture disc would be cool. Um, Dolby Atmos remixes of all the albums on Apple Music would be cool too. Yeah, I would really like that. Um, remaster all your music videos and upload them on your channel because it's sometimes like having a scavenger hunt on YouTube trying to find stuff, mm. especially in good quality. Very true. Like, God's Mistake randomly just wasn't on YouTube for the longest time and it just appeared not too long ago. No. Not on their official channel or anything, but like whatever. And lastly, the one the one thing I want them to do the most, I want a fully comprehensive Tears for Fears book published by Tears for Fears. Yeah, that would be really cool. The Beatles have two. Garbage have one called uh, "This Is a Noise That Keeps Me Awake." Howard Jones is having one out. Great '80s artist Howard Jones. Like, give us a book. Write like a track by track history of your uh, albums, singles, recordings unseen photographs and whatnot yeah all that so that's my number one wanted to of your life and that almost probably will never happen yeah i mean there are other things you know when kurt um was on bbc radio sometime during the end of summer last year like fall or whenever after his injury and he was recovering back at home he was on ken bruce um radio and for bbc and basically, he was asked, like, what's next? And he said, we're going to do the Tipping Point tour again. We're going to tour the States. And I should have known that this tour was going to be announced again because he said it. Yeah. Um, he said that they're rolling, him and Roland are already talking about new material already, which is crazy. It's awesome, know? though. We're going to have an elemental Raul situation where there's a huge gap between albums and all of a sudden there's going to be two back-to-back, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. And Kurt did say... That there is a side project that they are working on. Not he, they. Well. Who the heck knows? We're getting a graduate reunion album, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That would be kind of cute. That would be not a chance that happens. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I read an interview not too long ago of Roland. He said most material from the stuff was pretty bad. And I wouldn't say bad. I like the graduate album. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah. That's all I've got. That you had a freaking lot. Jeez. Yeah. I have a whole wish list of stuff I want from that band. Yeah. 
classic album's physical release. There's another one. Give us the okay. DVD. All Give right, us all right. I'm, I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> You've said it off. <laughs> Honestly, just give me my own episode where I just go off my list and that's it. I'll be here for two hours. Um, so I think that's all we have for today. I'd ask if you have anything else to say, but honestly, I don't know if I want to know if you. <laughs> I need water. <laughs> <laughs> what? I need water. I'm getting okay. parched over here. <laughs> <laughs> I've said all I need to say. Um, oh, me too. You said more than you need to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I love it when you ramble. It hey, it's better than us not talking, right? So right, yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for asking your questions. We appreciate um, it. We we do appreciate it, and we love answering questions. Um, I guess I'll do the plugs. If you don't already, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at hftbc underscore pod and our Facebook history from the big chair for updates on new episodes. Um, you almost you almost likely do already, but if if you don't follow us on Instagram at History from Big Chair, that's where we're based. That's where all the cool stuff happens. Yeah, we uh, are based. <laughs> and then also go ahead and follow us on YouTube. Also, History from the Big Chair, because for now it's just the podcast episodes, but later on we video seriously content. intend on having video content. Yeah, guys, um, make sure you like, subscribe. Post notifications on. I'm doing the classic YouTube. Plug here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. And then the, the personal plugs in case you're interested. If you want some funny tears for fears memes, uh, follow my personal favorite tears for fears meme account at tears for fears dot swag. If you want memes every three months, follow <laughs> tears for fears swag. That's the best promo. Um, you, know, you, get, you get three memes three months, and they're like five days in a row, and then I'm gone. <laughs> um, and then I also have an art account, digital art. I do a my lot of favorite artist. Oh shucks. Yeah, my favorite <laughs> artist on out there. Absolutely. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Um, can only go up from here, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at cherry cola underscore art underscore. I think I'm going to work on changing it to make it easier to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. And I, once again, don't have anything to say. I doubt you do. Uh, I just want to say uh, one thing. <laughs> uh, coming up on this podcast, we're going to be tackling songs and pictures pretty soon. Yeah. Going to be getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um, talk about the singles, the videos, the album, and everything that encompasses in the area. The Tears of Fears and print, interviews, the tour, books. the concerts, books, yeah, scenes, the classic albums doc. Yep. Probably stuff I'm forgetting. So <laughs> just a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, it's it's such an important album in the grand scheme of the 80s and it really deserves all of our attention and hard work so yeah and we're gonna do negative five episodes on Raul and (laughs) elemental because that's gonna be hard though there's not a lot of written material to like analyze regarding those albums that's okay i'll find stuff i always find you will yeah so thank you very much for listening um something i will say is that my grandma listened to the first episode so shout out to my mima <laughs> yeah it's awesome hopefully she's listening to this one 
you know? Yeah. That'd be cool. (laughs) But yeah, thank thank you guys so much for listening. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so. You sign off. Uh, yeah, I was planning on it. I've introed 15 <laughs> episodes in a row. <laughs> we don't even have 15 episodes. We don't even have six episodes. No, this is episode eight. Oh, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Look at us, man. Look at us. Unless we come out with any more emergency episodes. Yeah, there's yeah. 20 disc elemental box set, guys. <laughs> I can't stay something like that. People are going to think I'm being serious. No, okay. I got So long. <laughs> Take care. Always remember to sow the seeds of love.